the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm not black. Thought I should tell you that just in case you didn't know. And I also should tell you that uh, I would never dream of suggesting that I have any idea what it's like to be a black man in America. And I tell you that because I'm about to say if I were black, and that's always a dangerous thing to say, but I'll try. If I were black and my kids were being taught by this person you're about to hear who's an actual real teacher in Blacksburg, Virginia, his guy's name is Josh Thompson, uh, I would be insulted. I'd be mad. Uh, This may be the best example ever of the soft bigotry of low expectations. He did a TikTok video to tell everybody how much he doesn't like PBIS. That stands for Positive Behavioral Interventions and Supports, which is part of the Montgomery County, Virginia approach to education. Listen. I made a comment on one of Miss April's recent videos about PBIS in which I stated that PBIS is white supremacy with the hug. And a lot of y'all wanted to know more about that. So here we go. First of all, thank you to Jack Copa, who um, reminded me that um, Dina Simmons was the first to coin this term. So thank you, Jack, so much. So if PBIS concerns itself with positive behaviors, um, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are those positive behaviors? And it's things like making sure that you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you are in your seat and all these things that come from white culture. The idea of just sitting quiet and being told stuff and taking things in in a passive stance is not a thing that's in with many cultures. So if we're positively enforcing these behaviors, we are by extension positively enforcing elements of white culture, which therefore keeps whiteness at the center, which is the definition of white supremacy. Okay, thanks, Josh. Really, seriously. Um, (laughs) I think he's a man. Anyway, uh, you didn't see the video, so if you see him, he's uh, allegedly a man. But anyway... Uh, I am a white guy, and my parents sent me off to school with instructions to shut up, sit still, sit still, and listen to the teacher. This moron thinks black kids are better off if the teacher doesn't include any discipline, and he has a job that involves, you know, teaching kids. This is also a great example of why the term white supremacist, like the word racist, lost its meaning and uh, power a long time ago. Hitler was a white supremacist, so was George Wallace, and it wasn't because they expected kids to be quiet and sit still in class. That's not how they got to be known as white supremacists. This is also another great advertisement, by the way, for school choice. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about Joe Biden's American Families Plan and how it's really bad for families. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty. Warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com.
Right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think now, especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue, and Dynavite has helped tremendously in our house with that. I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and I ordered it and tried it, and it worked. The Dynavite, the being at home, working with them, they all love it. Me and Chewy are together 24-7. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Traders, listen up. As life in America starts to return to normal, are you looking for the best trading opportunities? With the current real estate market, the rise of crypto, and the volatility of tech stocks, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how our technology analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, Forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how to maximize your gains. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how to use the volatility to your advantage. Don't wait. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. The pandemic has caused families to spend more time in close quarters than ever before. But if you're noticing an emotional distance between you and your child because of their drug or alcohol use, you may not know where to turn. Partnership to End Addiction can help. With free guidance, support, and resources, we work directly with families and communities across the country to help save lives and we can help you too to end addiction start with connection reach out to us at drugfree.org. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Have you heard of the American Families Plan? It's one many one of the many ways that the big guy uh, wants to take over taking care of you and your family. It's kind of in the spirit of the war on poverty, which, of course, was a colossal failure. Lindsey Burke is the director of the Center for Education Policy at the Heritage Foundation, and she joins us now. Lindsey, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So um, you wrote about this uh, today, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what wonderful things have been promised in the American Families Plan that we should all be looking forward to. Well, there is just a massive amount of new proposed government spending in the American Families Plan, and, and I focus primarily on the education components of that plan. And this would infuse the government into almost every level of education from preschool through college in a way that is really unprecedented, even when you compare it to the war on poverty that was launched by the Johnson administration about half a century ago. I mean, there in this plan is proposed so-called free universal government preschool, free daycare, free community college. The list goes on and on. Billions, tens of billions of dollars for school infrastructure spending, mind you, It is not the responsibility of Washington to fund and maintain school infrastructure and maintenance. And so we see over and over again in this proposal a significant amount of new spending that would lead to significant growth in federal intervention and education policy. Well, I don't know where you live, Lindsay, but where I live, uh, we have a school tax that we have to pay. Uh, based on our property. So I'm pretty sure that's what's supposed to be used for building school buildings. Wouldn't that be the case? That's right. And and look, it's a very good point. If you look across the country, that tends to be the case, that the majority 
of school revenue is state and locally generated. So if you look at the proportions across the country, about 45% on average of school revenue comes from state revenue, state taxes, about 45% tends to come from local taxes, primarily those local property taxes. And then a relatively small share, about 8.5% of the remaining funding for K-12 schools comes from federal taxpayers. But this would really grow that proportion uh, out of context from what it has been historically. I mean, this plan, just to put it in perspective, this American Family Plan would spend $450 billion on preschool and child care at the federal level. They are trying to cap the amounts that families would pay for child care at 7% of their income. There's additional paid family leave. Uh, and then, of course, everything I mentioned on the K-12 infrastructure side. And so, really, this would grow the proportion of the federal taxpayer share that's currently spent. And whenever you do that, that ultimately means growing control, shifting more control over education dollars and decision-making away from those local stakeholders to distant bureaucrats in Washington. Well, I went to school way back in the uh, 20th century, and um, I... I never went to preschool. I didn't know anybody who went to preschool. And I'm pretty sure that we have a long list of really successful, really smart people who didn't go to preschool. And I even know some people who were pretty successful who didn't go to kindergarten. So right. when did, first of all, is preschool just a, um, a glorified babysitting? And uh, how much proof is there that just preschool in general does anybody any good? Yeah, unfortunately, there is a lot of proof uh, that it doesn't do a lot of good. And we now have quite a long list of rigorous randomized control trial evaluations of preschool programs, looking at the effects of these programs on children's academic achievement down the road. And what we see consistently in the rigorous research is that any benefits that children accrue as a result of attending preschool, they fade out by first grade, and by third grade, they're completely gone. So there's no difference, all else being equal, between the children who enroll in preschool and those who don't by the time they reach third grade in terms of their academic outcomes. Now, what is interesting is where we do see a difference. If you look at studies, for example, on the federal Head Start program, where we do see a difference is in the negative behavioral uh, uh, outcomes of children who participate in these programs, we see higher levels of negative behavior as reported by teachers among children who have attended center-based care. And, and this gets to a bigger issue, too, that the hundreds of billions of dollars that the Biden administration is attempting to spend on center-based preschool programs may actually go against the preferences of what a lot of families actually want, many families, many mothers would prefer to do part-time work while they stay home part-time while their children are young. That's actually the preference of the majority of mothers. And so this would require them to finance center-based care that might actually be counter to what they want when their children are young. Amazing. And um, I, um, as I said, I didn't know anybody who went to preschool and it just wasn't a thing. Um, and I, and it's it, there's no as you say there's there's not really any indication that it's doing all that much good. Is, are we reached the point where you're a bad parent if you don't send your three year old off to school? Well, we've certainly seen to your point an increase in preschool enrollment over the the past few decades. Um, so that that is certainly the case that more families are using it, and part of it is a reflection of the need for custodial care during the day. I mean, this is just a fact of, of life. If you're working, you, you may need uh, custodial care for your children when they're young. I think the big question really, well, there are a few, but that long-term academic effects, whether or not there's a positive academic outcome, but there are also other issues as well. Um, as I mentioned, there's the high price of these programs. There is the fact that these subsidies tend to inflate costs over the long run. Um, the fact that there are an increasing number of regulations on child care centers that actually drive up the cost of child care. So if we really cared about making it more affordable for families who want to use it, we would examine the regulations that are in place. I'll give you one example. In Washington, D.C., where I am, 
preschool teachers now have to have an associate's degree in order to be a child care provider. Uh, that greatly drives up the cost of child care. It's one of the most, if not now the most, expensive area in the entire country uh, for child care costs. So assessing those regulations that are in place would really help to drive down costs. And, and we also have to be careful, too, about increased government spending on child care usually ends up prioritizing government-approved child care programs, which means more individuals would select into those government-approved programs which means you could potentially crowd out the private provision of care. And that could ultimately limit the choices that are available to families down the road. Well, at the top of the show here, before we had you on, uh, Lindsay, and we're talking to Lindsay Burke. She's the director of the Center for Education Policy at the Heritage Foundation. I played a soundbite from a guy named Josh Thompson. Uh, He's a teacher in Virginia. And uh, he he did a video on TikTok in which he said that um, that asking kids to be sit and be quiet, to be on time, and you know all the usual stuff was white supremacy. So, uh, and you know you see stuff like this popping up all over the place, and you wonder um, the the timing of Joe Biden wanting to expand the government's role in education at the same time that every day you see more. Um, indications that not going to a public school would be a good idea. Right. So I mean, this really is an extreme version of what President George Bush once said was the soft bigotry of low expectations. And unfortunately, we're seeing this more and more across the country. The teacher that you just mentioned, this is not the only instance that we've seen. And we have really seen this manifest itself as in critical race theory in particular has really gripped many school districts across the country. We're now seeing growth in what are known as diversity, equity, and inclusion officers, which were once really confined to higher education, making their way now into the K-12 space. So I do think we will see more of this. And to your point, you're exactly right. The more we have government involved in education broadly, the more it does tend to incentivize uh, these, these types of policies. And so schools right now, I think really do feel uh, pressure to move in that direction of embracing critical race theory uh, and some of these diversity, equity, inclusion measures, trainings, for example, where you have taxpayer-funded schools paying thousands of dollars to critical race theory proponents like Ibram Kendi to do teacher trainings. And so we see more of this over and over again. We now see it in the curriculum. If you look at places like California, where you have ethnic studies curriculum, not yet mandated, but it's a statewide curriculum being adopted by many districts across the country that does exactly what I mentioned a second ago, which is to really reinforce this idea of soft bigotry of low expectations. And so, you know, I think we're going to see more and more of that until parents really get involved. And they have been incredibly involved lately, showing up at school board meetings across the country, rightly demanding that they be able to see what their children are being taught in their taxpayer-funded district schools. Well, this idiot got enough um, pushback that he actually deleted the TikTok, but not before, of course, it went viral. Um, so um, what are the five core human needs? I don't want to put pressure on you to know them off the top of your head, but if you, uh, if, even if you don't know them specifically off the top of your head, how many of them are fulfilled by federal welfare programs? Well, this is an idea that was put forward in the 1930s by the psychologist Abraham Maslow, And Maslow said there are exactly what you pointed out. There are five needs, five physiological or or five needs overall. The first being physiological. So you need things like food and water, right? The very basic needs. And then he said, well, after that is fulfilled, uh, you need to have safety fulfilled, right? So you should live uh, in a low crime area. There should be orderly communities. And once you know that you have those physiological needs fulfilled, once you have safety needs fulfilled, Then you start thinking about higher order needs, love and belonging, like friendship and family. Then you start thinking about esteem, right? Self-respect, respect respect from others and uh, achievement overall. And then he said, finally, once all of those needs are fulfilled, you move towards self-fulfillment or he said self-actualization. And so those are the five needs that Maslow had outlined. And what we've been thinking about recently is the way that federal welfare programs in particular 
um, not only don't fulfill those higher order needs, right? They might fulfill that very first need, that physiological need for food, but they don't fulfill those higher order needs. And in fact, they actually undermine those higher order human needs, that need for love and affection and belongingness, because those needs are primarily fulfilled within families. And so when you have government programs stepping in to try to replace strong families, it tends to undermine efforts at achieving those higher order needs. And what's the damage done to the family by the welfare state? I mean, the the numbers are there. You have those in your piece at uh, Real Clear Politics. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's incredibly damaging. When you look at when the war on poverty began, so we're talking Lyndon Johnson, Great Society, War on Poverty, which launched in 1965. At that point, about 7% of children across the country were born outside of marriage overall. Today, that number is 41%. And so we have really seen just this dramatic increase in the number of children born outside of marriage. And, you know, it gets to that core argument about the welfare state, that it has too often served as a substitute for strong families, for fathers and husbands, um, really, I think, displacing them from the home and limiting their role in society. And um, starting with uh, Lyndon Johnson almost 60 years ago, over $2 trillion, $2 trillion have been spent on K-12 through education. Did we get our money's worth in any way? <laughs> well, and look, that $2 trillion is just the federal component. I mentioned a few minutes ago that the federal government, federal taxpayers are 8.5% of all K-12 spending. So that $2 trillion is just the federal share overall, just of K-12 spending, right? We're not even addressing higher education spending, which is dramatically more. Uh, And no, unfortunately, it has not proven uh, what proponents had hoped. You could have taken that $2 trillion, walked outside, set it in a trash can and lit it on fire. (laughs) We would have had the same outcomes that we have today, uh, which is so unfortunate. We have not seen achievement gaps close between students. We have not seen for disadvantaged children graduation rates improve. We are still in the middle of the pack internationally when you compare outcomes of American students in the K-12 sector to their international peers. And so nothing really in terms of academic outcomes have changed as a result of these great society programs. What we have gotten is a significant increase in spending If you look at inflation-adjusted spending at the federal level, real dollars have tripled since that time, since the 1960s. And we have gotten a bevy of new programs that have really tied the hands of state and local leaders through red tape and bureaucracy. So how does Biden's uh, American Families Plan compare to the plans that were part of the war on poverty? Well, they're astronomically larger in terms of the sheer dollar amount that Uh, we're seeing proposed in this plan. And I should say right now, this plan, uh, the American Families Plan, is what the Biden administration has outlined. It's being called the Build Back Better Plan uh, in the $3.5 trillion reconciliation package that is making its way through the House right now. So that's where you can see all of the spending uh, that's proposed, so not just the welfare spending, but the education spending really does just blow out of the water what we saw with the war on poverty in 1965. Even just the pre-K and child care spending I mentioned earlier is dramatically larger than the federal Head Start program when it started in 1965. When that program originally launched, it was fairly modest, about 500,000 children. Today, this program enrolls about 10 million children and provides services to pregnant women as well. We spend about $10 billion a year annually on this program. And so we're looking now at 450 uh, in this new proposal on pre-K and child care. So really just significant growth in that sector alone, not to mention the proposal for, quote, free community college, which has right now a price tag of about $109 billion in the proposal. But of course, with every government program, (laughs) that's certainly to be a low estimate of what the cost will ultimately be down the road. And I got about 15 seconds. So what if this plan becomes law, how much will the federal government's nose be in the average American's family, uh, family business? I think so much more than we currently see it, right? We're going to see many more regulations on the type of child care 
and preschool, you can access many more regulations around what higher ed financing looks like. We will see the federal government involved now in school construction. The list goes on and on and on. And of course, that goes in the wrong direction. We should be moving towards policies that free up families to select into learning environments that are the right fit for them, free from government mandates and control. Okay, well, that doesn't that doesn't make me feel good, Lindsay. But I'm I, I'm still glad you came on the show. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Okay, that's Lindsay Burks. He's the director of the Center for Education Policy at the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden's job approval has dropped into negative territory for the first time since taking office. The latest Quinnipiac University poll shows that 50 percent of Americans disapprove of the way the president is handling his job versus 42 percent who approve. Mr. Biden's numbers on his response to the coronavirus are mixed, but he gets negative scores on foreign policy and the economy. Quinnipiac polling analyst Tim Malloy concludes, if there ever was a honeymoon for President Biden, it is clearly over. Greg Clugston, Washington. Bands of heavy rain pummeling parts of the Alabama Gulf Coast and the Florida Panhandle, the result of moisture pulled up from the Gulf of Mexico by slow-moving tropical depression Nicholas. It should dissipate on Friday. On Wall Street, stocks are now mixed. The Dow down 55 points, but the Nasdaq is up fractionally. This is SRN News. We love our cellular shades from Blinds.com. They're beautiful and make our entire house feel more like home. Thousands of customers update their home every month with Blinds.com. Whether you just moved to a new place or just want to give your home a little love this fall, go to Blinds.com for brand new window treatments and make your house feel more like home. Blinds.com makes it easy and affordable to upgrade your whole house with the latest styles, premium materials, and even motorization with no hidden fees or misleading quotes. Not sure where to start? Get advice from a Blinds.com professional design consultant for free. Whether you want to do it yourself or have them handle the measuring and installation for you, Blinds.com has you covered with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Go to Blinds.com now to shop and save up to 35% off site-wide. That's Blinds.com for up to 35% off. Blinds.com. Pay over time with PayPal credit at Blinds.com. PayPal credit is subject to credit approval. Visit Blinds.com slash PayPal for details. Rules and restrictions may apply. When we decided to buy this radio station, there really was only one thing we wanted to be. Your radio station. The one that talks about everything going on in this town, this country, and this world. We wanted to be the one to tell you what happened while you slept. Why are you stuck in traffic? Is it going to rain? And most importantly, we wanted to be the smartest hosts on the radio to help you know what to make of it all. They're all here every day. The world has questions. You have the answer. AM 1250. The answer. Why Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, and Remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call Doing It Right. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Water damage to your home or business? Don't know what to do next? At Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh, we do. Demand the yellow van. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. Has your home or business been damaged by fire, water, or storm? Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223. Yes, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Parkway East remaining a trouble spot. Outbound delays into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and still really heavy outbound approaching Monroeville. That's an accident just cleared on the inbound side tied up into the tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Accident Parkway West outbound is a backup from the Fort Pitt Tunnel to Parkway Center Drive. Two right lanes are blocked. On the inbound side, busy Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies. It will be mild with a low of 64. Humid tomorrow with times of clouds and sunshine will reach a high tomorrow of 83. Saturday, expect intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a thunder shower in spots. Warm and humid. Saturday will reach a high of 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Now, the big guy is uh, still trying to sell his $3.5 trillion uh, infrastructure deal. Fortunately, there are a couple of Democrats, including Joe Manchin down the road in West Virginia, who are uh, standing in the way. But what happens if they cave and the deal goes through? Larry Behrens is the Western State's Director of Power of the Future and the Communications Director for uh, Power of the Future, and he joins us now. Larry, thanks for being here. Hey, John. Great to talk with you. So is this plan just a Trojan horse for the Green New Deal? Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, I I absolutely. That's the perfect way to describe it. I mean, they know they couldn't pass the Green New Deal, so they said, let's slap a different name on it and throw it all in what they're calling this infrastructure plan. It's uh, it's not good for working families, John. That's for sure. Who gets the tax breaks under this plan? You know, who gets the tax breaks? Are wealthy looking to buy another electric vehicle? I think anyone who is working in the, I, I hesitate to call them renewables, but for the sake of argument, we'll call them renewable industry. So if you make uh, solar panels out of China or windmills out of China and, and you have an American company with those, and, you know, I'm sure only coincidentally have donated a ton to Joe Biden's campaign, you're going to get a windfall out of this bill. Who is not going to uh, get a windfall out of this bill? Our families, anyone who pays an electric bill fills uh, you know, up their car with gasoline or who you know, pays taxes. And so I think that's pretty much everyone. So uh, what, what kind of a tax break do I get if I buy an electric vehicle? I've, I've, I've heard about this, but I, I, I don't know anybody who – I don't know if I know anybody who has an electric vehicle right now. I guess, I'm sure I do, but I'm not aware of it. But anyway, what's, what's the tax break I get if I go and buy an electric car? Well, you know, they haven't released that part of the of the bill right now. They just said they're going to put in incentives for those who want to purchase electric vehicles. But I know they're going to be putting away uh, tens of millions of dollars to build charging stations also for electric vehicles. And so, you know, the electric vehicle market, I guess, is so popular that they actually have to build the gas stations for it. I don't remember that having to happen when we started using gasoline, but that's fine. And so what they're looking to do is incentivize that type of buying. They're going to have government vehicles be that way. They want your post office vehicle to be that way. They want your kids' school buses to all be electric. And so they're going to give fat tax breaks to those who are going to, you know, already buying their Tesla to perhaps get another one. And it's all going to be on the taxpayer dime. And the tough part of it is, you know, and, and I know probably a lot of your listeners know, I mean, for example, we wrote in the op-ed, it takes 183 pounds of copper to make a fully battery-powered vehicle. And Joe Biden is shutting down copper operations in the United States because the environmentalists tell him to do so. Well, that copper has to come from somewhere. And by and large, these components that go into the windmills, go into solar panels, go into the electric vehicles, all come from China. I can tell you there's about 200, right now, if they have their way, there's about $235 billion that they want to go into these type of incentive programs, not just for electric vehicles, but into a whole slew of, you know, preferential green treatment. Again, it, it all goes to, if you ask any environmentalist, they'll say, well, people are using wind and solar because it's cheaper. But yet here you have the government having to throw in billions of dollars to the point of a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill to make it, quote unquote, affordable. The math just doesn't add up. I never see them mention uh, about having electric aircraft carriers or, <laughs> That's true. or, or electric That's true. battleships. Or I guess we don't have battleships anymore. Uh, electric uh, destroyer, I guess. Uh, electric submarines. Electric uh, jets would be nice. Electric fighter jets. Um, electric rockets. Uh, uh, how come they never mention those? They, they never do because it's not practical for them, right? Uh, John Kerry isn't flying it around in an electric private jet. 
That's for sure. And let's just get to the bottom of it, right? Uh, my neighbors to the far west and your neighbors to the far west out on the coast in California, for years they've been going down this path that Joe Biden wants to take the rest of the country down. And what happened within the last few weeks? Well, they've had to ask, hey, can we build more natural gas plants? Because I guess it's a good idea to keep the lights on. And can we maybe, you know, burn a little more natural gas to keep the lights on? It's interesting now that someone was facing a recall election that they're interested in keeping the lights on. But those things you mentioned, the aircraft carrier, those things that you absolutely need for protection. And oh, by the way, the president's motorcade and the White House, no one has ever said to them, you know what, why don't you live carbon free for a little while? And that's what it gets down to, right? Uh, AOC, Bernie Sanders, they're not going to live carbon free. They just expect the rest of us to do it and foot the bill so they can go back and signal to their special interests, look at us, we did it. And it is something that the average working family cannot afford. Well, it's interesting because the the military has lots of um, equipment and uh, vehicles and everything that are really old that that are still working fine and and you know would be mm-hmm. good at blowing things up and killing people, which is what the military is supposed to do. Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, do they uh, is the plan to convert all uh, all the uh, all the those vehicles, not just military, but the, like as you said the. Uh, government vehicles that they use in Washington yep. D.C. to drive around, to drive the senators around, and the congressmen, and the and uh, and the president. I mean, what's the, there yeah, must be a plan for that. Well, I, you know, I, I would, and that's what I would tell Joe Biden, you first, but to your point, yes, there is part of this infrastructure bill that says, you know what, we're going to take government buildings and we're going to try to put solar on them and we're going to take uh, government vehicles and try to make them electrified. And not only that, a big part of this bill is they're going to go to the, whatever company provides you electricity, provides me electricity, and they're going to say, listen, you have to provide the electricity the way we say, namely wind and solar. If you don't, we're going to find you. And so that's going to cause electric bills to go up. That means my electric company can't say, you know what, this source of power is more affordable to our customers. We're going to go that way. No, they're forcing them to take away all the choice in the marketplace. And that's why, you know, you, you're right on point when you mention, are they going to do it with the president's motorcade? Are they going to do it with, you know, John Kerry's jet? No, those will be the last things to go because they know, as they're finding out in Germany, as they're found out in California, the more you push towards this unreliable form of energy, this snake oil, quote-unquote, solution brought by radical environmentalists, the more you realize it is electricity that is not there when you need it. And, oh, by the way, you have to pay more for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, where do you p- – <laughs> I haven't thought about this till I was just talking to you right now, but I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking – I have this picture in my mind of an aircraft carrier plugged in somewhere – you know where where would you plug that in, and how big would the battery have to be? I I uh, I, it's, I, I don't this nobody ever. I, it's funny because nobody ever asks them when they're talking about you know going all uh, getting rid of fossil fuels. Uh, what happens with the military? Nobody ever. I've never seen one of these people ask that question. A guy like Joe Biden. Yeah. And, and if you want to just uh, take it to a scarier step further, those batteries, let's imagine you do have a battery large enough to power aircraft carrier, and, you know, probably they have to stop in Gibraltar to recharge as they head into the Mediterranean. That's fine. Okay, that's you. Uh, all the environments feel better. All the minerals about that, the lithium, uh, the copper, that's all coming out of China. And so if you're looking at a country that doesn't always have our best interest in mind, and they say, well, we can hold up the military by withholding these rare earth metals, which, by the way, we do have here in the United States, but the Biden administration will not let us mine them, then it is a a situation where, I mean, the OPEC lines for gasoline would become a nice memory, right? Because our military can't move because one of our biggest geopolitical enemies has decided they're not going to provide us with the minerals that we need to build this all-electric world, this all-electrified world that Joe Biden uh, says that he wants that has never worked anywhere and everywhere it has been tried, it has failed. We're talking to Larry Behrens. He's the uh, communications director for Power of the Future and also the Western States director. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Larry. Um, that we know that China has a, a huge amount of the minerals needed for all this stuff, and that that's I don't know. They they seem to be just ignoring that, and that's not not going to be a problem. I guess they think China will become our friend, but. Uh, are those minerals available in the United States if we want to go look for them and dig them up? 
A lot of them are. And so I, I look specifically to the Pebble Mine up in Alaska that has gold and massive copper deposits that, you know, I have a counterpart in Alaska that, you know, the, the native population there is chomping at the bit to develop that resource. And the Joe Biden administration stepped in and said, no, no, you can't do it. And so essentially what he's saying is you have to have this uh, – uh, this metal, in this case copper, and it has to go into electric cars, and you have to buy electric cars, but you can't get the copper from us. Well, it has to come from somewhere. And so I can tell you other countries, particularly in Europe, who have looked at this and said, listen, if we want to get to a quote-unquote carbon-free, which is you know a misnomer in and of itself, a carbon-free future, uh, China, we're going to have to rely on China. We do not have the recycling available to do it now to recycle the solar panels we have, and we definitely do not have enough of these minerals, especially when we're relying on China to go to the rest of the world. I mean, I think the Netherlands did a study and they said just the Netherlands alone would take up everything that's going to come out just to decarbonize the Netherlands. That's before we even get to the United States or India or China. And to, to your point exactly, China's not rushing to decarbonize. They're building coal plant after coal plant after coal plant so that they can make solar panels to sell to the United States. It is, uh, you know, and, and again, I, I know how I sound. I'm not uh, begrudging anyone if they want to buy a Tesla. I think they look cool, too. I just don't think the taxpayers should have to subsidize it, and I definitely don't think anyone should have to be forced to buy it. Yeah, uh, and, you know, it, it is coming, and, and China's sitting back. They've got to be laughing at this, right? This is all making China very happy. It, it, they are, and you know what? I can tell you that in the last administration, there are members of Congress asking these environmental groups, you know, are you getting some money from foreign governments because, and they wanted to investigate it. The environmental groups never showed up, never cooperated with the investigation because it, it really, it only benefits China. I mean, Joe Biden says build back better. I think we should call it build back better for Beijing because what is going to happen is they are going to be enriched by these products that Joe Biden is now forcing your electric provider and my electric provider to buy if this infrastructure bill goes through. And so the way, you know, you open the interview is exactly right. There are some senators who are looking at this and saying, no, this is not uh, the future we want. And we hope they continue to hold fast. You know, I, there's a, I saw a story a while ago. I haven't seen much on it lately, but I, I, I have our family has owned property up in Canada and Ontario for a long time. And there's a, there was a story that, about a, um, a plant up there that helped. I, I guess they just they made batteries there. They made um, mm -hmm. rechargeable batteries. And there was so much pollution around that building. I, I wish I could remember the details about it, but I remember thinking, I don't hear a lot about this. It's not just trying to find the minerals uh, and where you're going to get them to build, uh, to make this stuff that's going to make us carbon free, but the actual making of the battery is, is exactly the opposite of what the environmentalists would like to have happen. It, it, they're pollution. It's pollution that uh, created by them, by the making of you're them. You're, you're absolutely right. Let's take it, again, a step further. So if we're going to have China making these, a country with a very questionable environmental record, an extremely questionable human rights record, we're just giving them more power to make this. And look, I'll just give you a recent example. I'm sure you guys are paying through the nose for gasoline like the rest of us right now. Oh, yeah. And instead of, instead of going to you know Texas, New Mexico, North Dakota, or even places in Pennsylvania that perhaps have the opportunity to develop some of those resources so that we can have domestic production, have some energy independence. Uh, Joe Biden went to OPEC and said, please, please pump more oil. And so you're exactly right. And, and not a single environmental group said a thing. They were completely quiet about it. And so if they're really concerned about the environment in this way, why are they not concerned about Venezuela? Saudi Arabia, Russia, pumping and China, doing these unsafe and un, un, un environmentally safe practices to deliver the materials for the products they want. It's, I'll tell you the reason why. The simple matter is Big Green is all about the green. They know that their friends get enriched the more that you can outlaw your competition, and that's exactly what Joe Biden intends to do. And I, I guess, is it unfair to, to question the... the um, uh I don't know, the motives of these people uh, at 100% of the time. I mean, is there any, there got to be some people out there who actually do believe that they're saving the planet by getting rid of fossil fuels, as misguided as they may be. Or there, there may be, and, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. you're, 
you're right because we we hear that a lot on our end. It's it's when we show them here are the economic costs, here are the very real human costs of what these policies do, and they say, well, the environment is worth it. But again, they don't seem to really scream when their solutions are let's dig more as long as that digging's in China, let's pump out more oil as long as that's in Saudi Arabia. If the planet is their concern, it seems like they're really only concerned with exercising political power on one aspect of the planet, and that's in your state and my state and in Washington. And so it really doesn't seem to make sense. Now, there are, again, there may be folks, uh, and I'm sure there are, on the ground and at the grassroots level who are really concerned about this. But again, we have to ask themselves, are they you know, living the life that they want to force upon the rest of us? The fossil fuel industry has delivered the way of life as we know it here in the country, in the world. And there's a standard of living, uh, you know, unparalleled anywhere. And they, in the United States, can do so more environmentally sound and with stricter safety guidelines than any other country on the planet. And yet those are the ones that get targeted by Joe Biden and environmental groups. And so it just doesn't make sense. If their concern is really the planet, then it needs to, just needs to be the whole planet, not the ones where they can exercise political influence. We're talking to Larry Barons, finishing up here. He's uh, with he's the Western States Director of Power of the Future and the Communications Director for Power of the Future. Um, so uh, you mentioned it, I think, uh, but the name uh, you mentioned what Joe Biden wants to do, but it's called the Clean Electricity Performance Program. Is that the one where he tells everybody how they have to produce their uh, uh, their energy? Yes, absolutely. So what he's going to do is, if you look on your electric bill now, and I'm sure a lot of people have an electric bill, and I'm sure the radio station has a, you know, an electric bill that gets notes for sure. Whatever company that is, if this were to pass, Joe Biden would go to them and say, you have to produce X amount more of your power through wind or solar by this certain date, and it'll have certain benchmarks. And right now, I believe the details are coming out because the Biden administration has kept them pretty secret until the last few days or so. But it says it's a 4% increase every year until they want to get to 80% by a such and such arbitrary date. And so what that has done in previous uh, countries that have tried it, we've found it has raised electric bills and provided um, unreliable electricity, actual blackouts uh, during times of heat, during times of cold, when people need electricity the most, these forms of electricity are the least reliable. And so that is part of it. He will give grants to the power companies that do what he wants to do, and he will give fines to the power companies that don't do what he wants to do. And and I apologize, I mentioned this before, but let's just for a second put the shoe on the other foot. Let's say it was the last president, and he went to every electric company and said, you absolutely have to use gasoline as your power source. That's the only thing you can use. The environmental, everybody would be screaming and saying, you're taking out electrical choice from the people and from those who are buying this energy. But that's exactly what Joe Biden wants to do, because he's been told by the special interest, this is better. And oh, by the way, it really doesn't have anything to do with the planet. It has to do with the fact that the people who make solar panels and sell solar panels and make wind turbines and sell wind turbines are going to make a lot of money. Larry, uh, I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, Larry Barron of the uh, uh, Power of the Future. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to talk again about this but because this isn't going away because uh, this guy's going to be president for three and a half more years, as scary as that may be. And uh, they're not going to they're not going to let go of this, are they? No, they're not. And, and I mean, if I, I mean, I would imagine, as I'm sure you know, you've seen in, in your history as well, what they'll do is they have this outrageous proposal and then it gets pared back a couple trillion or a couple billion here. <laughs> yeah. And then they consider that a compromise. And no, it's going to keep coming back. You're exactly right. Larry, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, John. Great to talk with you. Good talking to you. And that's Larry Barron's Power of the Future. We'll be right back. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. 
Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you the new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey, and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life, and he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft, breathable, but extremely durable, and Mike's Giza the sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, and so much more. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code STAG. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Before we go, I wanted to play this for you one more time. In case you missed it at the top of the show, this is Josh Thompson. He's actually a teacher. I made a comment on one of Miss April's recent videos about PBIS in which I stated that PBIS is white supremacy with the hug. And a lot of y'all wanted to know more about that. So here we go. First of all, thank you to Jack Copa, who um, reminded me that um, Dina Simmons was the first to coin this term. So thank you, Jack, so much. So if PBIS concerns itself with positive behaviors, um, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are those positive behaviors? And it's things like making sure that you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you are in your seat and all these things that come from white culture. The idea of just sitting quiet and being told stuff and taking things in in a passive stance is not a thing that's in with many cultures. So if we're positively enforcing these behaviors, we are by extension positively enforcing elements of white culture, which therefore keeps whiteness at the center, which is the definition of white supremacy. Of course it is. Uh, That's uh, PBIS's Positive Behavioral Interventions and Supports. If that's not an advertisement for school choice, how would you like to have your kids stuck in that school with that girly man teaching them it, and and you can't escape. Unbelievable. And uh, he's actually being paid by taxpayers to teach people's kids. It's unbelievable. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.